Alright guys, welcome to STC welcome. Fit Learning. Oh, I don't even know. 31. Stop counting. No. Say the next episode. Next episode. Of the, the next STC one. Fit Learning yeah, podcast. Whenever it comes out. Tam will get this one out. Who I think this one's coming tell out. Tell you how to host when I yeah. say one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Jason's hosting the next episode. No, um, not. So we did promise that we'd be serious after yep. our our last episode. Um, yep. The last one you heard was Gav, which was serious, but we'll be serious again. We promised yep. to talk about getting shreds for summer, bruh. Yep. Um, Perfect prep for summer yeah and as we sit here in singlets because it's the first day melbourne's really it's actually on sunny there's no it's hot it's 23 degrees oof (laughs) that's hot in melbourne at this time of year um and yeah i I assume usually this is the time where the gym gets busy you get a couple of sunny days people put on a singlet and some shorts and go oh shit Um, time to get it's usually like uh afl grand final weekend yeah it's like about 12 weeks I think around 12 weeks to Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So you got December two weeks in, and then yeah, so usually it's yeah. now that, you know, the, the gym starts getting packed. It's you know, time you see to go. The, the seasonal gym members, I call them, so yeah. you don't see them for six months of the year. Yeah. So you only see them when daylight savings kicks yeah, and yeah. there's more, you know, we've got to put I think, the, uh, uh, t-shirts on. And being, being in Melbourne, I think you're so pale at this time of year too, you just look fatter too. <laughs> oh, is, that, like, is that the excuse? Oh, I'm yeah. real pale. Then. I'm going to go to my like, check-in next week and yeah. just be like, oh, I'm just pale. I'm just okay. pale. Just, yeah, That's don't worry, my skin don't worry about those pinch tests. I'm just pale. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so obviously where's the best place to start is at the beginning. Um, yep. So we're going to talk about, overall we want to talk about basically how to set yourself up say the next 12 weeks um, to get yourself into decent shape coming into summer yep. in a way that is sustainable um, that you'll probably be able to hang on to those results and still in some way live a life depending yeah. on how crazy you want to go. Yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, I'll probably put it a little bit differently. Um, the, depending on the time frame will probably you know, um, yeah heavily uh, will heavily influence like kind of what's done yeah how much fat loss yeah you want it's more what gets done afterwards will be like whether someone can hold on to or yeah. retain or sustain um yeah you know majority of like what's been done mm-hmm. um just so people don't get um you know i guess like a false sense of hope it's like oh i can just do it like this and maintain everything yeah um but yeah, like setting things up is going to be very, very, very important. Yeah. So I might, I might jump in it and I'll take the setting up because um, that's what I do a lot of. Yeah, sure. Is so setting up uh, when we talk about that is setting people's energy requirements and macros is, is the baseline to start. Yeah. So just a little thing before we start, guys. Like this is like so we're giving you an understanding of the elements that govern you know fat loss, body composition, um, yeah. everything that like actually happens Um, there's no exercises that cause fat loss there's no foods that promote fat loss there's no none of that uh, like you know hoodoo bullshit that you know people advocate like do this and burn fat it's like you know this is actually how things you know happen from a physiological standpoint Um, and evidence based standpoint so um, just yeah if you don't want to listen to like the ins and outs of how we get in shape and stuff then yeah you can tune out now yeah 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 if you're too lazy to take this in you're probably too lazy to apply it yeah yeah that's exactly Um, right so for the rest of the people who want to get shredded though um, and understand what's involved yeah um, you know just strap yourselves in yeah, put the lab coat on a bit. Another another thing, I guess, to pre-set it up as well is 
since we've talked a lot about powerlifting and performance and stuff, these same rules apply. You're just probably not going to... Maybe if you're getting leaning off um, or trying to get into a weight class or something, then doing the actual drops would be important. But for most people, if you're already in decent body composition, this is how you should be optimizing your recovery and stuff like that as well. All the same principles still apply. Um, so you can apply those as well. Yep. Um, we probably should do the seek medical, make sure you have oh, a we're, all that we're, kind of we're stuff. Not, we're, so we're not um, this isn't know, a saying prescription. that yeah, what yeah. is said in today's uh you know, podcast is, you know, set in stone and you guys should apply it and all that kind of stuff. We're just giving you an understanding and education-based uh, yeah. podcast on some of the things that, you know, govern body composition and what we would do to apply things to someone in this setting. Yeah. So there's my don't sue Disclaimer. us. Disclaimer. Don't do this if I say it and sue us. Yes. All right. It's not for you. Or it is it. So, um, so first things first, we've talked about this in the podcast before, that energy balance is king. Yep. So we need to match up the amount of energy that we're consuming with the amount of energy that we're burning throughout a day or using throughout a day um, to give us a baseline. Yep. Now, and I've mentioned this in the past, what, what I actually do with my clients is um, get them to be adherent and consistent at maintenance calories or what I believe to be maintenance yep. um, for three weeks. Yep. and see no change on um, waist and or hip measurements. Sure. Once they've done that, that for me is like, okay, you're at pretty much at a maintenance yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. If I really want to and I'm still not happy with the amount of calories they're on, I may push that up, but that's sure. usually... So if you guys are starting, then you probably want to do that right now um, yep. to then give yourself nine weeks out of the 12 to actually be dropping body fat. Yeah. So... Setting the energy requirement itself, um, we use fancy calculators based on LBM. Um, do you know the name for people oh, if they want to Google it and look it up? So is it, we use the Cash McArdle formula, Cash which uses yeah. uh, lean body mass as a, the, the indi- indicator of uh, basal metabolic rate. Yeah. So it's like uh, energy burnt at rest. Yeah. Um, so it's like not moving, so I guess uh, yeah. lying down. Yeah, so if you if you want to look that up, yeah, Catch McCardle, you can just Google it and put in your details. And it'll yeah, it there's Harris, Harris Benedict as well, um, but the Harris Benedict formula uses uh, a different algorithm like body weight, and yeah. um, depending on, I think it's depending on like whether you're female or male. So it's like just go with the formula and stick with it. Like we yeah. use Catch McCardle, yeah. um, and you know I think that that's uh, probably a little more specific. Yeah, lean body mass is something to yeah. um, prescribe nutrition off. You know, yeah. you don't want to be prescribing to nutrition on yeah. uh, fat mass in my opinion yep. but people uh, beg to differ yeah a lot of our trainers just use the, the foundation one that's in my fitness pal yeah um, and it works quite well for, for gen pop yeah. well, as adaptive. you'll see in terms of when we talk about assessing and reviewing later this initial starting point is just that it's a starting point and then you can take it where you want from there so we've got our uh, essentially that'll be our, our basal metabolic the metabolic rate that's not good choking on words already um, or your BMR then we need to add an activity multiplier um, yeah. to then give us what your actual output is um, so they range anywhere from about 1 up to like 2.1 um, depending on how active you are if you do Google the Catch McArdle, they'll usually actually give you a list of like yeah. how to pick where you probably fall so you most of them will be like training 
uh, or very sedentary, lightly active, training three to four times a week, training yeah. six plus. Um, takes a little bit of intuition and, and knowing there's something fun going on outside the studio today. Um, do you notice I started referring to the, the office as a studio? The studio. Yeah, I like it. Quite going with the studio. it. Um, so yeah, base. you need to use a little bit of intuition with that in terms of if you... Well, I, don't, I don't know if you do this, Jace, but I know I definitely do. If someone I can look at and go, they walk around super lean... Probably going to lean towards the higher activity multiplier. Um, so if it's if you're kind of falling in that mid range, you'll always go higher for someone who's naturally lean. Um, yeah, and then maybe a bit lower for someone who's not naturally lean. Um, or considering things like their job, um, yeah, what they're doing during the day, what they're doing on weekends, just how generally they behave. Usually, the more in shape someone is, the more I'll lean towards a higher baseline as well. Um, yeah, that's a good way of doing it. I guess, um, you know, everyone's got their different approaches to, you know, getting this hypothesis of like, you know, this starting energy expenditure. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for the people that, you know, work with me and the guys that um, have sat down the consultative uh, or my first consultation, the questionnaire pretty much like identifies that for me. Yeah. Um, it's you know asking like physical demands of the job, like what do they do um, in their spare time, uh, what physical activity they do that's not exercise related, um, you know, uh, what diets they've done in the past. Are they current diet? Are they currently dieting on the, at the moment? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, like a rough uh, understanding of their body composition. Yeah. Um, can pretty, you can pretty much like put all those things together and have an understanding of you know where to start someone yeah um depending on the person like i can i almost like even go down the track of like you know asking someone how many hours they spend sitting in a day yeah. walking in a day sleeping um training and stuff because really honing it we can set um an activity multiplier based off that um you know and then you can get real specific with you know the days they don't train as well like so you can almost start to play with uh more total energy expenditure than daily energy energy expenditure and yeah. based off the person and compliance and all that kind of stuff you can either even that out over seven days or you can have days where you you're loading calories around training and then days that you're not training you can take it away so yeah. um it's just like have a method um and everything that we're doing is a uh under it's a hypothesis based around variables that make sense mm-hmm. so it's like the work that they do that's not exercise related, so the energy they burn that's non-exercise related, which is uh, the NEAT, uh, the exercise activity thermogenesis, which is you know governed by us because yep. we set it, um, yep. and then their basal metabolic rate, which is their physical characteristics and their you know standard of health and yep. stuff like that, which is bundled together to suggest that they burn X amount at rest. Yeah. So yeah. Perfect. So one thing that does come up at this point in the conversation is like. Oh, but, and then something that I'm special happens a lot. So yep. it's oh, but um, thyroid issues, or oh, but this yep. kind of um, metabolic, a, an issue within the health system overall that affects their metabolic rate. What I tend to do with that is I try not initially to make adjustments straight away and actually still go through with the baselines yep. and then see what happens. Yeah. So, um, if I'm getting feedback that I may that they're they're telling me that I've got this going on, so I know that affects my metabolism, okay. whether it be like I'm on the pill or I've got um, I've been told there's there's thyroid issues or something like that. Yeah. It's like let's just get to baseline and see what happens there. 
Yeah, so I guess that's a real tricky one um, just because, like, there's a little bit of a spanner in the works depending on what the issue is. So um, maybe you might be dealing with uh, setting that up in conjunction with, like, maybe a GP, dietitian or something. Yeah. Um, So I haven't really dealt with someone that's got, like, thyroid issues and stuff. I tend to kind of... Oh, sorry. No, I do, but I like to work collaboratively there. However... You still need to set a set point to get data. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter, like if it's you know I've got a hyper, um, no hypoactive thyroid. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like based off the physical characteristics, we might set things at X. Like you might be a bit conservative there. Like yeah. you're not talking about like you know Mr. Lean person that rolls around. You might go a bit more generous. Yeah. So you might set it a bit more conservatively again. Um, they would be on a plan to, you know, eliminate certain foods out of the diet that would affect the accumulation of, um, you know, or the production of these thyroid hormones. Yeah. Um, and then you would want to make sure that they have other things in the diet. But at yep. the end of the day, they still need to have a certain amount of energy yeah. to, you know, function and, you know, yep. obviously support training and recovery. So yep. um, you still need to get a consistent intake whether no matter how high or low it is exactly. yeah. yeah so, so I, I'm really upfront with my clients in terms of like I don't actually understand the ins and outs of that yeah. um, PCOS is one that comes up a lot as, as well yeah. is, is that or yeah. the thyroid the main two that I get yeah. and it's like I don't really understand necessarily the ins and outs of that but I know that eating your energy requirements and macronutrient totals will improve your overall health. Yeah. The specific stuff that you need for that, go and work with your GP or specialist or whoever yeah. it is you're choosing to work with. And then they can work with, like you just said, specific foods and all that kind of stuff yeah. that you may or may not. Yeah, the important thing there would just be to educate them to get go in the right area and get the right information yeah. um, and then just work with the appropriate person. So yeah. um, We even had a conversation about diabetes before. Yep. which is a similar type setup. It's like, well, let's, let's do this yeah, and then see what works from there. So, all right, so we've got our energy balance. Um, so we've done our catch Mercado model, yep. applied our activity multiplier. That's given us our calories. We've applied that calories and been um, good little humans and yeah, consistent. adherent for yeah. a, a three-week period yep. is usually what I like to do. Yep. Now it's time to drop into... Well, some kind of fat loss phase well maybe maybe we'll go so we've got the calorie requirement oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah so we've got the calorie requirement so it's total energy um, requirement so then we need to think about of those total calories that's being prescribed to the person based off all this information what is yeah where what yeah. makes up those calories so yeah. we talk about macronutrients um, <laughs> so you guys are very familiar with like protein carbohydrates and fats so we need to then think about like where and how do we distribute those. So yeah. uh, the easiest thing that, oh, sorry, the method that we have is that we uh, set protein uh, based off lean body mass. Yeah. So it's between you know two and three grams basically um, of lean body mass. So if someone has ninety uh, kilos of uh, lean body mass, so they jack the shit, um, you may um, put it at like three grams per kilo, so that'd be like 270 grams of protein a day. Um, so that's generally kind of how we would do that there. Uh, fat allocation can vary dependent on how many calories they're having um, and food preference, in my opinion. So I tend to, you can go as low as, oh, maybe 50. Well, yeah, we can go lower than that. So the lowest I would go to start with is maybe 0.8 yeah. of a gram per kilo lean body mass. However, like you get into the trenches of like a cut and stuff, you could acutely drop it lower. Yeah. Just like eliminates food variety. Mm-hmm. 
uh, a lot because yeah. there's not a lot of foods that like have no fat in them, uh, lots of protein, lots of carbs. Yeah. Um, really, um, yeah. it starts to get quite boring. Yeah. However, so yeah, you set that. So basically, you'll have calories coming from protein, um, calories coming from fat that are set off the physical characteristics of the body, which is their lean body mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, sorry, the fat is 0.8 up to 1.2 generally, but yep. you can go higher or lower, um, and it's very uh, dependent on the situation, I guess, and the total energy intake of the person. Yeah. Then the rest of the calorie uh, requirement is from carbohydrates. So um, the easiest way to describe it is like, uh, fuel in a car so you know if the car does more driving you put more fuel in it um, so you're saying with a person if they do more activity they need more fuel so you give them more carbohydrates yep. it's generally like that um, you know all the requirements and the um, of energy we went through at the start the person who does more gets more mm-hmm. especially for that period where we're trying to get a base point yep. um, and then it's adaptive from there so um, I guess we'll talk about so we've set the total energy intake we've gone through this three week period we've got this distribution of protein carbon fat um, that's based off these physical characteristics so do you have Um, a uh, do you want to go more specific than maybe the the two to three grams of protein and the um, 0.8 to 1.2 do you have something that you normally like to start with for most people yeah so uh, look it depends on the person like in the goal so if someone's like new to the gym if someone's really new to the gym I'll actually give them a really high protein intake mainly because like they're going to be doing lots of strength training um, because that's why they come and see us for Um, so muscle damage is going to be high you know there's a desire to have that net protein turnover so it's like synthesis over breakdown so you're going to need to support that with high protein Um, if I so that's one situation where I would go real high like 3 grams like I've had people on like 4.4 grams per kilo of lean body mass for an acute period of time and like man you can get people like hella shredded um, doing that but it's you know very extreme it's not something to be done for our long term and you have to like support it with like a lot of fiber as well yeah um so yeah that's another situation where you may do it like the because the protein has like a high thermic effect so it's like 30 percent of the total energy from the protein gets lost in digestion so you can like jack protein up to get like total food volume up um but also create like a a deficit because there's thermogenesis um you know in relation to the digestion of the protein so one time i like to use a higher protein is knowing that someone's coming from a place of chronic undereating. Yeah, um, it's safe. So I haven't been eating for a long time. You know you need to get the calories back up quick. Yep. You want to get them up to baseline as soon as you can. So let's keep protein at closer to that three grams per kilo to uh, take advantage of the metabolic effect of yep. protein so we're less likely to store body fat yep. um, and then slowly wean protein down and keep the energy balance the same. Yep. It's pretty sa- it's it's pretty safe to do that, like then to get food volume up, because um, you know it's really hard to convert protein into into body fat. Yeah. Um, just with the way you know you've got an amino acid yeah. to turn it into a triglyceride, like it's you know think about it, it's two different things, yeah. like you know concrete and and um and, and grass really. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's a very safe thing to do. Um, it's really to to get someone back from under eating to like that baseline point, like it's funny because some people will like go you know um, protein and carb. 
uh, and low fat to get them back to the base point with the understanding it's like, well, that person's like got really poor fat oxidation. Yeah. So why give them a large fat. amount of fat? Because they're going to not oxidize that that well. And then you've got other people where they're like, oh, well, you know, um, these people don't store glycogen properly. They could be, you know, mildly uh, insulin resistant or insulin resistant. So you have to go low, uh, low carbon, high fat and high protein. So it's like a situation where you got to get buy-in from the client, I feel like, sometimes. And it might be, yeah, like those details that you're trying to obtain through your questionnaire of like what they've yeah. eaten in the past and how much body fat they're carrying and all that kind of stuff yeah. um, is probably indicative. So maybe like if the person was like really, with had large amounts of body fat, you might go with the you know, low fat, uh, sorry, high fat, uh, high protein, low carb to maintenance and then maybe play around with things. If the person was very lean, um, it'd make more sense that they would be less, uh, sorry, they would burn less fat because they've got yeah. less fat on their body. So bringing them back up or reversing them, I guess you could say, would make more sense to be yeah. high carb, high protein, low fat. Maybe? Yeah, I think... That'd, that'd be my understanding of it. I think this, this applies, just a caveat on this, this applies more to people who have been training consistently done a dieting phase and want to come back up mm. what i find if you're um getting back into the gym or you've just been kind of doing one or two days or you've been doing the same program for fucking six months or yeah. most of the people that come to me to start with i'm really confident to just go bang there's your yeah. baselines eat it don't slam the table though sorry <laughs> um do my program and i'm really confident that will meet yeah. the energy requirements yeah. because you're training your ass off you're gonna be sore yeah. Um, it, it's all new, so yeah, that's that's fair enough. So, like, I guess I probably got lost a little bit there because we're talking about like shreds for summer. <laughs> However, like it, the the same thing still applies. Like physical yeah. characteristics of the person still apply. Just 100%. so you guys have an understanding of that. So, um, we've kind of talked about this homeostatic set point um, and this baseline prep. But I guess like we'll probably go a little bit more um, into it. So, yeah. the we we have a so our body is adaptive to everything like as we we talk about so um food and uh food intake and metabolic rate are heavily intake uh sorry interlinked so it's more the, the easiest way to understand it is like if you have a lower amount of food chronically over time your body will slow down accordingly to deal with that so yeah. um i think that's as easy yeah. um of a way to, the, to yeah, describe the, it the simple analogy is everyone's done a crash diet Everyone's seen themselves lose two to three kilos in the first week. Yeah. Then it's two, then it's one, then all of a sudden it stopped working. Yeah, it's and when it, it, it's when you think about it logically, it's like, okay, so if you were to continue to lose three kilos a week for 12 weeks, yeah, most people would be dead. Your body has to do something to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. so this handbrakes, I guess we could call them handbrakes. So handbrakes get put on, um, you know, I guess like the weight loss, um, you know, because the body deems that it's, you know, basically getting smaller and dying yeah um so we need to make sure that the person is getting back up to a quote-unquote like a hypothesized set point um and i call it like a metabolic prep so it's like a situation where we get this person you know up to a higher amount of food um and increasing their like calorie budget to ensure that we've got plenty of uh, calories to spend or money to spend on a project, I guess is the easiest way to describe it, um, at the start and at the end. So just think of it like uh, maybe building a house. If you've got lots of money at the start of building a house, um, you're gonna have um, a certain amount of money at the end. You're gonna be able to build that house for longer. Um, If you start building the house with very little money, um, you're gonna run out of money and you're basically gonna have to start again or you're gonna have to stop. 
and when there's errors too so when the neighbours don't want to pay for the fence you've got something spare um, whereas same things if things go wrong in the dieting phase yep. then you've got more room to kind of move around yeah so the first so we basically discussed um, you know all of these things to get us to a situation where like we've got a big budget of calories um, metabolically we're functioning well you know we're at a, eating a higher rate of, pro, uh, of food things that we're starting to feel better so one thing i like to uh see is a, a noticeable improvement in vitality and energy levels yeah. uh, that can sometimes you know uh increase performance in the yeah. gym too so then we need to think about creating a deficit yeah. so it's creating a deficit of energy now there's you know what two ways really to create a deficit yeah. and it's two controllables mo- well two, two things we have control of yeah. is to move more or eat less yeah. now most of the time we find that people do both mm-hmm. and do both ridiculously <laughs> at the start so yeah. they you know decrease their food intake clean everything up and they don't really manage like all of these things that we'll talk about before yeah. and then it, they you know increase their workouts to like five sessions a week um, I had one person one day uh, they messaged me and they said uh, Jace, I, I've got three weeks to lose X amount of weight because a certain gym chain uh, gives people free uh, challenges if they lose X amount of weight in a short period of time. I'm not going to name anyone. And I said, okay, tell me what you're doing. And they said, I'm eating 800 calories a day. I've been doing weight sessions in the morning and cardio at night. And I said, and they said, what else should I do? And I said, you can't do anything else. Um, if anything, you actually need to probably rain, rain things in you know People. feed yourself back up yeah. um, and start again and maybe do things a bit logically that got met with a big I'm not doing that <laughs> more more is better so I was like well I can't really help you yeah. um, and that's a big example of that so uh, we need to be in a situation where we're creating a deficit now my understanding of this or the way I would work with it and you can um, chime in here too is when calories are high so calories are highest at the start of a prep um, for fat loss yeah I'm going to be more inclined to get output out of someone mm-hmm. than I am to draw away from their food. Mm-hmm. So I feel like people can work harder when calories are high. So I'm going to make them move more than they do right now. Yep. Makes so sense. that can be done by volume. It can be done by them averaging 10,000 steps a week to averaging 11,000 steps a week. Yep. I basically want to see progressively more over time. Yeah. A uh, little caveat to that, like we spoke about earlier, this is all time frame dependent. So if someone's got 10, let's say nine weeks now, they've yeah. done a three-week prep of metabolic prep, um, they've got nine weeks. So you may draw back on their calories and increase their output, but it's only marginal because, yeah. again, we're going to be met with some resistance somewhere yeah. and you can do it a little more extreme but it depends on the time frame like yeah. 20 week prep for a bodybuilder someone doing a photo shoot or whatever it's like nah we're not doing that we're like yeah. maybe increasing output Slow. dropping intake a little bit and then yeah. it's like you turn the heat up as you get resistance Yeah, um, is that kind of what yeah so like most of the people I work with are, I'm giving them that longer term 20 week sort of vision to start with anyway yeah so I do that one at a time, slow things down. Yeah. What I actually find in this for you guys that are maybe doing this for the first time, when you set your energy requirements and your macros and do all these things, because you feel better and if you've got a well put together program as well, 
you actually, like Jay said, improve your performance in the gym, mm-hmm. which actually in it by itself increases your output. Yep. So if you're PBing every week, you're using more energy every week. And what I see is really often, uh, really common is people are still dropping weight. Yeah. Um, I actually had a client message me. She's just done her first six week block, gone on to her next one. Um, she's in America, so it's all in inches, which is hurting my head. Um, so she lost a full inch and a half in the first six weeks. We haven't touched the food yet. No. So it's like, well, she, and she was like, oh, do I leave macros the same? Like, yeah. Like, we, we don't yeah, need so to change it. are getting a result. Yeah, your performance is getting change. better, which is creating the deficit, which is losing the body fat that we need. Like you said, if we had less time and it was like a let's get this done right now, then sure, maybe we'd drop them. Um, we'll go into how much next maybe. Uh, maybe we would drop the calories or look at more output. Um, but for now, like just leave yeah. things the way they are. Again, like we said, it's time frame dependent. Yeah. But do you have a amount that you like to drop calories? Uh, so I guess, so firstly, we need to think about where we drop the calories from. So it's because we've got this total energy requirement and then we've got these uh, you know, macronutrient distributions with protein specifically and fat yeah. uh, allocated off the physical outcomes of the person and then you've got your carbs based off you know, basically the output and whatever's left over. So first things like the deficit in my opinion should come from the carbohydrates because we've essentially given protein and fat at like a basal requirement. Yeah, yeah it's basal requirements. Yeah. Like you have this much, your body has this much, so you need this much. Yeah. So we can't really draw back off that in my opinion. Yeah. The only, the only time you would is if someone's struggling to get all the calories in in terms yeah. of food volume so you yeah. actually increase their fats we can yeah, start going back to those baselines yeah. and play with it that way so I guess like think of it maybe you know how we worked like 2 to 3 grams if yeah. someone was at like maybe uh, protein I like to just keep stagnant I really yeah. like playing around with protein yeah. let's say we had 1.4 grams of fat per kilo of lean body mass yeah. you could get it as low as 0.8 maybe point seven yeah but i wouldn't go any lower than that yeah like that's it so then there's actually, like the rest of it i actually really like because i work primarily with girls now i actually pretty much stay at one yeah one's pretty good anyway yeah. one gives you good food for i think if you go below like 70 grams a day yeah um they kind of look like food variety kind of sucks but yeah. in saying that um you know if you're a small person yeah. you're not going to get that much yeah, um, yeah. and, and yeah. your food volume's low anyway because you're small yeah so, so um, <laughs> I guess so then we need to think about creating the deficit now most of the deficit's going to come from carbohydrates you know we've got energy that needs to be um, you know met we're creating a deficit of energy we want to encourage our body to find the energy that's you know we're creating yeah. so we're going to draw off the carbohydrates that essentially we would be eating mm-hmm. you know instead of using our own body yeah now, how much, if I had a non-aggressive uh, prep, so I had like, you know, a long time frame and stuff, I tend to like to use like percentages. So I usually go with like anywhere from three to 5%. Yep. Um, but in saying that, if it's a really short time frame, you know, that can go up five to 10%, yeah. you know, depending on the person. So it's like, if you uh, say someone was at 3000 um, and we had nine weeks, um, dropping 10% would be 300 calories. Um, yeah. I think that's reasonable yeah, because because you could drop that and see some notable improvement for a sufficient period of time. It yeah. wouldn't be a situation where you're dropping it 10% and it gets met with resistance in a week yeah. because then you would just run out of food. Yeah. 
Um, and the, the way I would be looking at this is if you've got nine weeks, you probably, uh, and we haven't really touched on this, but whether or not you're going to be responsive or um, ahead of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not the word I'm yeah. looking for, but ahead of the adaptation or the ahead of uh, adaptive thermogenesis. So we're all like you're basically. Like as a coach, as someone like trying to diet a client down, you're basically trying to stay ahead or you know be ready yeah. for adaptive thermogenesis, where yeah. your body's like going right. We're getting met with this much energy and yeah. this much food. Let's slow ourselves down accordingly. Yeah. Um, and again, so it comes it that. comes down to that time frame. So like like I said, most of my clients, I'm looking for long term body compositional change while increasing strength. So I want to do the least amount of calorie du- reduction as possible. Um, so I'll actually wait two weeks of no result and then make a change. In this situation, you've only got nine weeks. I'm probably going, okay, nine weeks are on this many calories. At six weeks, we're going to drop to this. At three, we're going to drop to this. And it's already planned out before they started. Um, and personally, I would have just done that at 10% each time. Yeah, so I would I would do something similar in terms of set the time frame. So I'd be like, look, you know, you're going to start at this much. Um, you know, you're most likely going to end at this much. So I'll set the time frame so the person has an understanding that they're going to eat progressively less over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not a big fan of like giving someone a meal plan just because you know it's like you eat it for you know two three weeks. It's like there's adaptation there. Um, yeah. You know, without going into uh, too much detail. So then it's like, what do you do from there? So yeah. You need to basically reduce the food or increase your output. Yeah. Um, so it's better to have them an understanding of like this is how much energy you're going to start with this is most likely you know somewhere along the line of what we're going to end with we're going to have to play with you know your output as well yeah. um, but if it doesn't go to plan all the time yeah. no of course not um, and that's probably uh, a really good lead into you know how do we make changes and you know what do we do next so yeah. so um, how, how are you assessing first like let's let's maybe put down that so what yeah. are you what are you looking at week to week to see if we're progressing. So increase or maintenance in strength um, or performance. So, you know, like in our check-in sheet, it's like, you know, did you get stronger in your um, squat, bench, deadlift, or you know, your bigger lifts? Yeah. So we want to see either a maintenance or an increase in strength. Um, the next thing from there is obviously like we do use uh, average body weight. Um, and then when you're, if you're doing physical uh you know, analysis. It's yeah. like you know, skin folds are the best, in my opinion, um, for for lean people. You know, like um, if you're if you're holding too much body fat, a skin fold ain't really doing much for you. If anything, it just makes it harder for the practitioner to to assess. Yeah. So either skin folds or measurements. Um, yeah. Sometimes you'll find that people will transition from measurements to say you get to about maybe like twenty percent body fat, twenty five percent body fat. You can start taking skin folds um, from there, in my opinion. Yeah. So we're assessing whether you know we've gotten less centimeters in our measurements or less millimeters in our pinch, yeah. um, pinch test and maintenance or decrease of body weight as well. Yeah. Like it just depends on um, what's going on there, and yeah. then we make an adjustment from there. Outside of uh, maybe the key performance indicators as well. So I really like uh, managing everything or having an understanding of what's going on everywhere. So it's like, you know, how hungry someone's feeling, um, how their energy levels, which are going to suck at the end of the day, like they're eating less food. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's good to know anyway. Um, yeah. more so like, you know, what's going on in their life? Like, is, are they stressed out with other things? Cause dieting creates a huge stress too. So if we're super stressed out, um, as well, like it's a massive fucking handbrake, yeah. um, on your fat loss. Um, if I'm being honest, yeah. 
and we need to understand all that sleep as well so if someone's not getting enough sleep i think i read a study where like um people have got eight and a half hours of sleep a night which is you know probably unheard of for most people um i think they lost like uh you know a ridiculous amount more fat mass um and maintained their lean mass like i have to get the details of it but it basically was like if you sleep more you maintain your muscle mass yeah. and you burn more fat it makes more sense. so the percentages are there sense. yeah so yeah. having an understanding of those things is important too especially yeah. if someone has a bad week and stuff and compliance yeah. too like yep so if people are like eating like an asshole um hashtag you know, hashtag <laughs> oh, I fucking love the hashtag, <laughs> I've been saying it during the week and like I can tell like some people haven't maybe watched the podcast so because I'm like you know if you've been eating like an asshole and they just look at me and I'm like oh no nah, it's just like a fitness thing yeah. <laughs> listen um, to the podcast but yeah if you've, uh, if you've been eating like an asshole uh, then yeah you kind of know as well yeah. yeah like I get clients to rank their compliance yeah. um, and then even then if they don't rank their compliance I can usually connect the dots yeah. so mine's usually in the email that just says ate like an asshole yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the best <laughs> when you said that the other day I was like fuck my week is being made <laughs> um, so yeah we're assessing all of these details yeah. then we have a review um, which is yeah. usually done by the coach so um, if I can jump in just to give people an idea and, and I know Jason's approach is really similar it's just we do things slightly different so the way I run mine is you're recording your sleep the night before liters of water in the last 24 hours mood out of 10 energy out of 10 every time you come in and train yep. um, you're going to give me your average of calories and macronutrients and fiber throughout the week we did talk about fiber earlier I use that as kind of a baseline if you're eating fiber from whole foods primarily and you're getting enough of it I'm pretty confident you're ticking most boxes micronutrient-wise. Then if a problem presents in any of these other columns, I will look at what you're eating. Yeah, it's usually like 10 grams per 1,000 calories is what I do. Yep. So it's like 3,000 calories is 30 grams. To yep. 2,500 calories is 25 grams. Yeah. Really easy. Um, then you'll submit your waist measurement and hip measurement. Um, girls are front, side, rear, um, bikini poses. Guys are relaxed front. Uh, front double by rear double by and relaxed rear so I've moved away so I know you still do it for me but I just do like front double by and back double by just because they're easier to hit yep because it's really yep. hard to do I, like a, I totally suck because you can't relax. do a front relax so like, <laughs> basically no one no Good one else know I don't have to send it anymore no one else because <laughs> I'm shit at no it. one else knows how to do it besides <laughs> someone who's done a bodybuilding show so yeah. I'm just like look just do a front double by and a back double by and it's really easy to just yep. know, see the detail and whatnot. so for those who have no idea what the hell we're talking about they're just bodybuilding poses that allow you to actually see what's going on sometimes yeah. you get photos and it's just like standing in a slump position and stuff over time you'll see change yeah, but if, you, if you've got an same, eye yeah. for this stuff like Jason and I have developed over years of looking at the human body you can start to see little minute changes and it yeah. might be things like okay we're starting to see a little bit of serratus we're starting to see more definition between um, the bicep insertions those types of things that allow us to make a call on how the progress is going that yeah. if you just slumped standing there yeah then you know most good posture lots of detail comes out it's yep. very easy to uh to assess cool so we've reviewed how do we go and then decide to make changes um like i already said i, I would probably have most of my stuff set as a plan for this nine week phase then it would be like okay so we've got that first nine week block if we're still losing I don't know, maybe a centimetre a week off the waist, I'm probably actually not going to not going to change anything and I'll push yeah. that back. Um, 
what about for you? Implementing changes is um, it, like, if someone's changing and things are going well, then you don't change anything. It's yeah. like, it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, yeah. Understand that adaptation's around the corner. Um, how you combat adaptation is dependent on lots of things, like how deep the person's into the prep, um, or how low their calories are at the time, how lean they are. Their body fat levels, yeah. All of, all of those things. Um, and then, like, the first thing I'm going to always go with, like, when things aren't going well is, are you eating like an asshole? Like, yeah. Are you, following, are you not following the plan? Are you not putting the effort in the gym? Are you not doing your steps? Are you not doing, you know, maybe some cardio um, or aerobic exercise to be precise? Yeah. Um, those kind of things first. And then it's like, yeah, you're either going to get uh, eat less food, um, you know, do more steps or do five minutes more of cardio. Yep. You need more output. You need to create more output or yep. eat less to, yep. you know, um, create a deficit of energy. Um, obviously, there's a cap on both of those. You know, you can't yeah. so um, just continuously eat less. Just um, before, and do more sorry, Jason, interrupt. Just before we go forwards on that, with Jason started his drop the C bomb in the, the cardio word. So I was like, just, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's forbidden. That. I, I did what? Um, so just before we go forwards with that, mm. understand what Jason's saying, and we'll do a, a programming episode as well. But yeah, that'd be good. We're we're looking at your basic, basically your ability to recover from your training, and we're programming based on that um, when it yeah. comes to our clients. So hopefully you guys are doing the same. You're training to the point where. You can either get stronger or maintain performance. Yeah. That's the, what the program's designed to do during yeah. this phase. So, so adding cardio means we're not challenging our recovery yes. uh, capacity. That's all. Yeah. So, so we don't need to do cardio to lose body fat. Cardio is a way to increase output without influencing our need for recovery. Yeah. So... Um, Without diving too deep into the programming rabbit hole, because this you've opened a fucking huge can now. Um, so yeah, there's always a caveat on everything. Like you can't keep adding output from a resistance training standpoint due to the physical demands of it, and it's like uh, um, it's a substrate thing too. So it's like if you don't have lots of carbohydrates, you can't do voluminous exercises. Yeah. So you can't be doing like drop sets and heaps of reps and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, you can if you're taking supplements um, that you know you're not supposed to. I guess is, <laughs> you, know, you can, depending on what federation you're in and stuff. But steroids. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying the S word. Um, however, like for um, all the natties out there, it's um, a situation where you can't do voluminous exercise. You can't be doing depleting glycogen depleting movements, which is high rep sets and all that kind of stuff, because you don't have the nutrition to support it. So that's where you might see a transition over time when your calories go down to more you know strength maybe um what do we call it like functional hypertrophy ranges which yeah, like yeah, maybe yeah. six to eight reps and stuff yeah um and then yeah you might accumulate volume by doing more sets but again you've still got a recovery demand to be met yeah so it's much easier then to create more of a deficit of energy by moving more i.e step work you know aerobic work and stuff yeah. so you can still create an energy deficit without demanding you know too much of your body or your muscles yeah cool that sounds good to me um did we nail that I feel like we I feel like we nailed it so I feel like a lot of people might be confused now and be like what the fuck do I do so let's try and and it's ironic that I'm going to do this but we'll we'll see how we go (laughs) Um, so we'll try and recap it all so we're going to set energy requirements so you're going to google the catch Mercata if you were to follow this plan you would 
Google the Cash Mercado um, calculator, Cardle, Cardle. Cardle, sorry. Um, find out what your BMR is, apply your um, energy factor. Yeah, your total um, daily energy expenditure requirement. Yep. So which is a multiple of your BMR. That's how much you need to eat. Macros we're eating um, anywhere from 1.8 to even up to four, but we're saying today... Two to like three. Two, two to, to three, three. lean body mass is yep. safe. If you're higher in the body fat ranges, I would maybe lean towards the higher end of that scale. Yeah. Um, a little bit leaner, maybe a little bit yeah. less. And if you've trained for longer, if you're a trained person, you can essentially eat less protein. Um, yep. So if you knew the gym and stuff, just go more towards the three. Yep. Preferably. Sorry, yep. I would go more towards the three. How do I say this back in suit? I don't know. That'll do. <laughs> <Without>, that'll do. <laughs> um, cool. So that gives us our baseline. We want to sit there for a, a two to three weeks. I'd suggest yeah, three. We want to see a maintenance of body weight or not a drastic change. Yep. Um, from there, all right, cool. We're going to go into a deficit. We're kind of in agreement to the 10%. Um, calorie drop yeah, is yeah. applicable here. Create a, create a deficit or output. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, like given the time frame with nine weeks, I'd probably drop it a bit too. Yep. Um, and then how frequently you would want to do that is we should be assessing each um, week. Yeah, I think in a short time frame, I would be assessing weekly. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's too short of a time frame yep. to be um, assessing any any less than that. Yeah, or so, more than that. so the things that we both had were um, sleep, energy, mood, Stress management um, and an overall stress load. Then we're looking at pictures and some form of measurement, whether it be cam- uh, calipers or yeah. just a tape. Yep. Um, typically, I just use hips and waist um, weekly, and then do full body each program. If you want to do full body every week, yeah, that's fine. I don't see arms changing week to week that much. I'm not that yep. interested. Uh, assess all of that. Review it. Each week, implement changes. Changes may be increasing more output, yeah, decreasing ch- change, input, change of program, or changing nothing um, over t- over the twelve week phase. Um, so when you're doing this energy baseline, um, so the starting point that first three weeks, you might be looking to add in those extra things like the drop sets, maybe some AM wraps, those kind of things. Even to like get the output, even some high. hit, even some hit yep. until you kind of have don't have the nutrition to support the intensity yep um, then it's like yeah you've got to go the other way yeah do as the step work and the mindless stuff on the treading yeah. and outside so as we go along the the page we might actually start to bring rep ranges down maybe look at yep. increasing sets slightly yeah so you should be tracking total sets anyway yeah someone should be looking at what you're actually outputting each week make sure you're either maintaining strength at worst improving strength at best yeah um, otherwise there's something wrong potentially yeah. with your programming yeah and by the end of it, hopefully you've got a great noticeable change within that 12 weeks. Yep. Coming back out of that is a whole other episode, so we'll do that yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is a, a really nice way to apply it. Yep. If your goal maybe is um, similar to, and this is mainly because I know these are the people I work with, if your goal is to improve performance and get in better shape, same approach, but just less 20 weeks instead of yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I'm probably stopping not, not earlier oh, even like a, just a more subtle drop yeah um, yeah so I'll, I'll actually typically do short bursts so it might actually be a 9 week and it's like quite aggressive 10% drops get some body fat off cool understand and then it's it's making a deal with the client look understand that some weight's probably going to come back on yep. put it back up 
focusing on performance again, do it again, and then over a six to twelve month period, um, the unrecognisable is usually the goal. I think um, it depends on the person too, because I don't know where I read it, but I read somewhere that like you know basically going hard out um, in a diet for a shorter period of time. Uh, when you go back to the base point or, sorry, um, hypothesized thermogenic rate, yep. basically after you start the diet. So guys, if you're smaller at the end of the diet, when you return back to your new set point, you're yep. going to eat less because you have less on less your body. Because yeah. fat is metabolic tissue as well. You are less on um, However, I did read that, you know, if you go, like say I did like a four week, like crazy, you know, fat loss shrink, yeah, yeah. Um, that when you go yeah. back to your projected maintenance that you can hold on to the weight, your current weight, either better or just as good. Yeah. Um, just as good. What a way to describe that. Anyway. <laughs> More good or right. Um, so I think it depends on the person as well. It's basically like, you know, I know me personally, I'd rather just go ham for a month. Yeah. Um, and then just know in five weeks time, I'd be back eating a normal intake of food. Yeah. Um, there'll be people that you have to bring it down with too. So I think it's just like, as a coach again, um, and working with the time frames and stuff, you might go, right, we're going to go ham for a month. Yeah. Um, then we're going to have a month at you know maintenance or whatever. Then we're going to ham again. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing about all of this stuff that we're portraying is it's acute. Mm-hmm. So it's not dieting and fat loss is not a chronic thing. So yeah. we need to be in a position where you know for portions of the year, portions of our life, yeah. we're meeting requirements um, of energy in, energy out, or maybe potentially eating a little bit more too. You know, like creating you know strength or creating muscle tissue or you know just you know um eating like an asshole for a little bit <laughs> if that's what you want to do um maybe there's some situations where people need to put on a little bit more body fat i don't know yeah. um but you know we don't want to be always thinking about like you know being in a deficit and you know yeah. always like trying to promote and drive fat loss um catabolism's great um but you know sometimes we need to think about the other flip of the coin too yeah. remember we go to the gym primarily i would think and we've discussed this is like to improve our performance yeah. So if your performance isn't improving over six to twelve month period, then you're probably in this zone too much. Yeah. You need to build performance and build a body. Yeah. Um. Where, where you know whether it's both or one or the other, yeah. and to build things you need more. Again, like building a house, you yeah. need more resources. So you can't always strip things back. So, yeah. um, it's just a really good understanding that you know this is just done for a short period of time, and you have to have um the support around you to make sure that you've got everything set up properly. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we've given you enough to to get yourself started. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So. I guess we'll do the plug now yep. at some point. So if you guys, that went over your head, it was a little bit complicated or you kind of understood, but maybe you're not confident to go out and do it yourself, reach out to the STC Fit Learning Instagram. Just yep. drop us a DM through there. Slide on in. Um, don't follow Jason because he won't follow you back. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, I hope but, I've got more followers in the last two weeks than like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's yeah, like you, can, content, man. you can send Jason or myself a DM as well, 100%. Um, or email us, whatever you want to do. We'll try have our details at the end. But um, if we'll find something that suits where you're at right now, so obviously we have um, a team of personal trainers as well yep. that we may be able to set you up with if either you're not suitable to maybe where we're at, um, or in terms of our schedule and stuff. So. We've got an amazing team who are all really competent in this yeah. stuff. So we will find somewhere at a budget and um, a level of advancement that will suit Yeah. So without another shameless plug, um, so the stuff that we spoke about today is actually part of the School of Body Comp program that I'm 
nearly finished with. Mm-hmm. So it's a you know education based series um, of basically me talking to these videos on yeah. the computer. Um, and we take a really big deep dive from a client's perspective yep. on all of these things that we spoke about today and more. Yep. So when that rolls out, which I'm thinking it should be done in the next fortnight, um, every single STC Fit client gets yep. access to that education program, which yep. will give them the best platform to understand these elements when we're talking with coaches. Because yep. as a coach, it's like I'm about increasing the coaching experience for the client and I want to be able to them I want to have them relate to me on a level where we can discuss these things a little bit because yeah. um, sometimes I can have conversations with them um, about some things get a bit carried away yeah. um, and they just say sorry well, homeostatic, yeah, yeah. homeostatic metabolic metabolic yeah so, we, so we've actually got like on the the stcfit.com online program everything we just went through is literally written down for you exactly yeah. how to do it um, based on body fat, based on where you've trained, where you're at in your goals, blah, 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 blah. All of that's written down. Um, and now Jace is actually going to, for those who can't necessarily just read yeah, uh, so a page of explanations and numbers to actually get in the, your head as the client and give you the things that you're going to be looking at that and going, yeah. what the fuck is this? Yeah, so I'm really excited about putting this out because um, you know, we're going to expand it onto a personal trainer scale eventually. And yep. that's going to be very deep. Um, and detailed information so you guys can be in this position and um, educate others which is what we want Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah a little bit of a shameless plug there guys so stay tuned for that we don't do it a lot so piss off if you're upset (laughs) (laughs) we've got to do something every now and then so we're moving on to some questions so we've got some good questions yeah yeah like so so I think when we basically like drop the heavy on people like ask more questions yeah Um, so people have delivered and we've been smart enough to ask direct ones. Too. Yeah, so we yeah, so there's obviously a little bit of phase of working um, working out how to speak to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> basically, how to get the best questions yeah. out of people. But man, we got some good ones today. So, so can we open with maybe the GI one? Mate, took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. So, so I feel like that's are you going to ask me or am I going to ask you? Or are we going to ask each other? I'll ask you in because I feel like you can get triggered. All right. Um, so let's start with that. So interestingly, these came in backwards order, but let's yeah. uh, start with what really comes first so does GI matter why do people care about it so much yeah so I feel I think um, people people look at GI because they believe let's clarify what GI is uh, so the glycemic index um, so there's like a so my understanding of glycemic index is that there's a scale um, that they've got for foods and it basically outlines um, you know like how fast this food digests in the body um, based around, you know, the glycemic rate mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so people uh, think that the higher the glycemic index, uh, the faster the absorption of the food. Yeah, and the higher the blood sugar. And the higher the blood sugar. Yeah. So, you know, it can potentially be bad because insulin gets elevated and insulin's a devil. Um, <laughs> and it stops your fat loss and all that kind of stuff. And... <laughs> Um, if you want a sustained release of harm um, over time, you need to look at lower glycemic uh, index-based foods yeah. um, because you're going to have a sustained uh, increase in blood sugar over time, mm-hmm. which means that you're not going to be hungry. So the reason why it probably doesn't matter for the majority of the people is because they don't have issues with managing their blood sugar and that once you start to add foods together, you actually change what's more relevant, which is glycemic load of the food. So it's yeah. like the rates of digestion over time rather than how high the glycemic or the um, 
the blood sugar level go. So that's yeah. my understanding of it. Could be wrong. So I'll be happy to hear what other people say about that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like trying to lose weight, um, lose body fat. It's like eat a deficit, um, equal quality food anyway, because micronutrients are king. Yeah. Um, you know, outside of calories and macros, Jesus got to be really politically correct here. <laughs> um, so you know, it's not a big deal in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if you're diabetic and stuff, you're looking at insulin index probably over glycemic index in my opinion again, yeah. which is like how high of a um, insulin response we get from foods because yeah. um, the pancreas is obviously you know um, secreting insulin to manage blood sugar and some diabetics have issues with that so I'd be looking more towards that and I've done that with some of my clients anyway so yeah uh, people shouldn't care in my opinion yeah I totally agree so similar side of understanding is that basically the general population understanding of GI is that it's a slower releasing food that doesn't create um, a blood sugar spike blood sugar spikes mean that Food gets energy gets stored as body fat and then it never comes off. Yeah. What we need to consider is that there's 24 hours in a day, not just that part where you just ate that food. Then we need to consider that it may take some foods anywhere from three up to six hours to actually digest fully in your stomach. So having a high GI food, um, be it two or three hours after having a steak. Yep. that steak is actually going to affect the speed of which the high GI food is then broken down and released into the bloodstream. So trying to guess how your body is going to respond to certain foods, um, it's kind of like, yeah, well, it's, then, it's, you're literally just guessing. Well, isn't that, isn't there, so now we're, now you're really starting to poke the bear. Cause Good. I can chill out. With, like, <laughs> The, the responses to... So my understanding is there's individual responses to yes. you know, insulin responses to foods too. So yes. then, remember, was it like the Twinkie, banana the banana and the Oreo, and the Oreo thing yeah. where like the guy, you know, there were people that were having like Oreos and Twinkies and they were getting low blood sugar or low insulin responses and then there were people having bananas and it was, you know, skyrocketing. So yeah. then it's like, well, does that person not eat bananas because, yeah. you know, so I guess... Um, without getting too crazy with it, it's um, you know it doesn't seem like a detail that really matters at the end of the day. When we look at like the elements that govern body composition, um, you know, not it's, it's not GI. It's yeah. calories in, calories out, macros. Um, you know, obviously, you know, working with output, output, yep. um, muscle mass. Um, you know, yep. making sure your organs are healthy because organs burn a lot of energy, especially when they're healthy. Yep. Um, so yeah, just stuff like that. I feel like it's just yeah. something that doesn't really matter. It's like eating carbs after six. Like it's just yeah. Irrelevant. So those of you that do for most people follow my um, Instagram. If you don't, you're rude anyway. But um, I actually posted a lot of my check-ins from this week, and it yep. so happens that at the moment I've got a lot of people in their first kind of. 12 weeks or less um, and all of them and even my ones that have been around for a while seem to be on some kind of calorie increase at the moment and almost every single one of them was like increased calories by 300 by 400 by one of them was actually increased by a thousand over a six-week period and were dropping centimeters um, but my point is if a lot of people that go and do this energy requirements stuff for the first time and have a look at the food volume that they need to eat are going to be like how the fuck do I get all of that in? Um, how do I actually eat a lot of, uh, like say for the, a lot of the girls, maybe around that kind of two to 2,500, the guys kind of 2,500 up to three as, yeah. as a maintenance for someone who's training, just as a guesstimate, who've been eating 500 calories less than that. All of a sudden you look at what you've got to put in for your day 
and you're going, oh, I'm going to eat brown rice because it's low GI and I'm going to eat... Um, only eat sweet potato because it's low GI. Yeah, well, my understanding of it, like when you when you connect the dots, so I just thought about it. Then is like yeah. it basically it's just like fibrous food. Pretty much, yeah. You know, like fibrous food would slow the digestion down yeah. because it takes longer to enter through the colon and yeah. the, the small intestines and stuff. So, yeah. but then when you think about it, like you can take that shit too far too. Like think 100%. about people who have too much fiber, like Makes bloating, water retention, like yeah. troubles going to the toilet, like yeah. constipation, all that stuff too. So, like yeah. anything, you can take shit too far. If I have yeah. too much water, I can take that shit too far yeah. as well. Um, so we just need to, yeah, like be again, just it. be smart yeah. about it, have a logical approach to things, assess, review. Um, and go yeah. from there. Yeah, so the point I wanted to get across on that was just that if you're exposing yourself to a new level of calories that you may or may not have eaten before on a consistent basis, because most people eat low during the week and then binge, you might actually have to have some high GI foods through your day to be actually get it, be able to get it all in. Yeah, yeah. I don't even like using that term, bro. Like, it just... Like, GI. Yeah. yeah like, can we stop? I, I'm just using it for the, yeah, for the... Can we stop using it now? Sure. Yeah. So, so eat some like fucking put jam on your ice if you have to eat yeah. some cereal. Yeah. Um, just like less volume based food, I guess yeah. it's probably the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. Um, so, so don't be afraid of... Uh, what are they, like, don't be afraid of eating simple sugars. Sugar. They can, they're considered yeah. simple, yeah? Yeah. So it's like, like anything, they're simple and complex. Guess what? Have some simple, have some complex. Yeah. Done. I think we're done on that one. Sweet. I'm moving on. Um... You can ask me this one. Where are we going? Back cheat meals. Oh, cheat meals. I, oh, no, no. Would, would, do you want to do the low GI at bed then? Because I can, like, we can basically just say, yeah, let's you can ask this one. All right. So do, li- do low GI carbs at bed matter? So I'm just going to go and say no. Yeah. Are we going to say anything else? Uh, if by low GI you mean not, it's so... Uh, if you mean basically can you eat lots of sugar before bed, that is totally dependent on you. Yeah. Um, personally, I eat somewhere around 1,500 calories from when I get home, which is about 7 o'clock. Yep. By the time I go to bed at about 10, um, a lot of that is simple high sugar foods. Like I may have um, a bowl of Fruit Loops this week is yep. on the menu. Um, before I go to bed, it has no effect on me. I put on my Delta Waves that Jace has got me onto and I'm like, see you later in yep. three minutes. And I'm sleeping all the way through the night at the moment as well. Yeah. So I'm really happy. If you are a person that has negative responses to foods like that, you get a bit jittery, you get fired up or whatever, yeah. maybe don't eat it. Yeah, or even just like eat food that likes you. Yeah, I don't think it's got anything to do with GI. GI it's yeah. got to do with your personal yeah. response to I don't, food. I don't really know if I'd want to have something slowly digesting for bed anyway. Like, wouldn't you just want to get it in and get it where it needs to go and then like just Especially have if we're no talking about like this body. whole idea of that fasting's showing some stuff that it may be quite good for you. Maybe getting that... Yeah, having like a period of time before bed where you don't thing. eat at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, like let's think about things that we can, we're in control of and that really matter. Is did you get your calories in for the day? Yeah. Did you get your, did you get your macros in for the day? Yeah. Um, if you didn't, you know, get them where you need to. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, that's going to be more important than anything else. Did it negatively affect your sleep? Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. So if you ate a food and you felt like shit and you couldn't sleep or it wired you up, then you know put Very that on the, on the list yeah. of um, not to eat at that time of the day, not necessarily not to eat at all. So yeah. hopefully we answered that one. Um, so ask me the cheat. Ask, ask me the cheat meal one again. All right. Does this is ironic. Uh, I will come to it afterwards. Does a cheat meal boost the metabolism? Okay, so no. 
Now, <laughs> done. Now, my understanding of a cheat meal is eating like an asshole, um, and that, and my, and everyone's understanding of that should be that it's just like a meal that they're just eating based off their feelings. It's not strategic. It's not put into their meal plan to, um, you know, get a desired outcome. Which in most situations is, you're trying to off-put or manage adaptive thermogenesis um, at some point. Yeah. So that's to be done via a high carbohydrate you know, only meal because yeah. I guess the easiest way to describe it is carbohydrates can be stored positively. So like, so what that means is they can be uptaked as muscle glycogen and, you know, they um, help uh, regulate uh, leptin, which is a metabolic uh, stimulus, I guess is probably the easiest way to describe it. So if like leptin's being secreted, it's an understanding that the body has um, high amounts of energy in the um, on itself. So metabolic rate can speed up as leptin as body fat gets lower leptin tends to not get secreted as much because the body has identified that you are smaller so it wants to slow metabolic rate down so i guess like high carbohydrate meals can help you uh, manage that adaptation so we get high uh, influx carbohydrates uh secretion leptin uh, metabolic rate can acutely uh, spike itself or keep itself as is um it's probably the best way to describe it um, where cheat meal is like, oh, I feel like this. Oh, I feel like that. So you're just like eating th- eating your feelings, in my opinion, yep. um, which doesn't really serve a purpose. Um, yeah, so I haven't used the word cheat meal for yeah, so, four years. Yeah, that's probably... Because my clients one. don't have them because they get macros. Yeah, so you can just make it fit. you feel like something, fucking just eat it, but make it fit your day. <laughs> Um, but don't do it every day because you're going to feel like shit. So it's that whole like eat foods that like you as much as you can and then if you feel like something else, eat it, but don't do it all the time. That's that. And like we don't have to explain what eating like an arsehole is. If you're going to just eat crap all day every day, then it's not going to... You're going to feel average and you're not going to get good performance in the gym. Yeah. Like it's common sense. Um, But yeah, in terms of a cheat meal does it boost metabolism Depends word on, che- I can't if you get, accidentally if I can't you get ex- past the word cheat if meal if you accidentally have a high carbohydrate meal and, you and set it, it and then you set it at like 6 to 7 grams per kilo of lean body mass yeah. if you accidentally do that there is um, also then, <laughs> yeah, there is also a suggestion that even like a structured uh, refeed which is what you were talking about which is having deliberate carbohydrates measured and tracked yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't necessarily have a lasting effect on the metabolic rate but yeah. may improve your performance in the gym which yeah. then may carry on to some fat loss over a period I of time to, I tend to find anecdotally like it works really well like if you um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it works really well if you're lean and like yeah if you just like um, are just struggling yeah just say hey um, you, you know you have this moment they're like oh yeah and then all yeah. of a sudden like they have a great workout and yeah. have a good session that week check-ins are good and it's their, like, their weekly know. adherence then tends to come up because yeah. it's like I'm not feeling like shit or I'm not uh, restricted so much so I yeah. get to have my refeed on Saturday so I won't have that yeah. one cookie that I've been sneaking in every week and not telling my coach about yeah so instead of having a cheat meal have a have a you know deliberately you know structured meal yeah. that you know foods that you like to eat um, you know, in your week, um, just make it fit. Like, you know, t- 
take some shave some energy off days you know leading in and, and, and afterwards if it's a food it's that exceeds your energy yeah. balance like weekly energy balance is probably more accurate than daily anyway because yeah. um, we don't burn on this 24 hour clock it's not like once the stroke of midnight comes it's like alright reset okay, reset <laughs> let's go so yeah my that'd be better in my opinion yeah uh, uh, I want to do the gain muscle and deficit alright how oh, sorry can you gain muscle in a deficit so no yeah Sorry. well <laughs> yes correct what Jace is saying is correct um, but then I'm not then it's not though. now what we need to think about here is that there's multiple different areas that your body can get energy from within the body so your body can mobilise um, fatty acids that are stored on your body yep. to then use that as fuel known as body fat we can also do the similar uh, thing with it's really difficult but we will if we have to do the same thing with protein to create um, glycogen which is essentially creating some kind of carbohydrate type energy for those who don't understand what that means Um, or then we've got um, glycogen that's stored within muscle liver all that kind of stuff then we've got what we're eating which is all three of those in an ingested form so protein carbs and fats again yep now if you are brand new to the gym you, your body is really responsive to doing lots of different stuff. So yeah. you may actually be able to use substrates to create new muscle tissue while it's actually mobilizing more fatty acids and decreasing your body fat. You've got about six months from yeah. when you start to take advantage of that. After that, uh, if you're not taking exogenous hormones... No. Probably not. No. No. I think... Oh, sorry. What, what about like uh, carb cycling? And, yeah. Do you so buy I just, no, no. So I was just that? about to... I was just about to say. Yeah. So, um, you, so you can gain muscle in a deficit, but it's like weekly you're in a surplus. If that... So the... I, sorry, no. The idea is that you have daily deficits with that are, that are um, you know, met with uh, daily surpluses as well. Yep. So it's like on the days that you're in a deficit, you lose. Yep. And then on the days where you're in a surplus, you gain. Um, it has to be very strategically put together. Yep. It has to be matched with output as well. So I think the best way to describe it is like maybe like chest, uh, maybe like legs and back, you'd have like large amounts of calories and you'd be pushing carbohydrate allocation um, towards that. So yep. just think of it like... That's weekly energy intake, weekly carbs, weekly protein, weekly fat. Um, and squats and deadlifts for the powerlifters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be probably volume based too, mate. So you know, I don't know if you guys sit into that. Um, maybe a hypertrophy phase would be different, and yeah. then you would probably push moderate, moderate carbohydrate intake for maybe something like chest, yeah. um, maybe shoulders, um, and then you would have days off would be like you know yes, povo yes. calories, yeah. um, and, and then, then arms, arms as well would be. Yeah, just like um, a very low calorie day as well, because it's not, you know, very demanding yeah. from an energy standpoint. Yeah. Um, and then you would have to meet all of that by hitting, yeah, like steps continuously. It might just be like ten thousand, but you'd have to meet that, like, very consistently. Yeah, and it takes a little bit of tweaking. Yeah. And, and it's a pretty good way to do it. It's just very. You have to be. You have to have an understanding of everything, and you just got to be able to like work on the fly. Like, 
be able to like have days where you're changing, you're undulating your intake and yeah. um, be able to yeah, just go, you know, oh, it's this day I'm going to eat these foods because it's high carb day. Yeah. It's moderate carb day. I'm going to eat these foods. It's low carb day. I'm going to eat these foods. So I tend to find it's a very advanced method, yeah. but it certainly can be done. If you're sitting at around like you in your baselines aren't changed to so say your protein and fat aren't changing, it's a little bit more simple. But if you're trying to bring fats up and that kind of no, stuff it you becomes would, a headache you probably wouldn't you'd probably just set fat yeah. and protein so the, like consistently the most simple way I've found to do it is like uh, when I have done that calorie cycling type model which I'm too lazy for now if I'm totally honest <laughs> um, is around the workout changes so like high carb days it might be yeah. I'll have some um, a carb drink during training eat yeah. more carbs post workout so like whether it be a cereal or something like that Yep. Um, so it makes it really easy and then the rest of my meals are the same just because it's like that routine yeah. it creates adherence if you're changing shit every day it's like yeah. especially for me personally um, becomes just like too hard basket can't be bothered with yeah. it yeah. Um, so that's the best way to kind of do that yeah. and it's a good way of keeping someone like uh, you know relatively lean and just putting on like I guess like a you could bit. call like quality size it's just yeah like because yeah. it's quality like it's not going to be you know massive amounts so yeah. You know, if the long if this is a long term game and you guys want to stay in shape all year round and stuff, it's a very good way of doing it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I give it the thumbs up. Yeah. All right. So we've got three ways that we can answer yes to that question, which is if you're a beginner, yeah. you're carb cycling or yeah, you're taking as much as stuff. Like if you're in chronically in a deficit, then no. Like it's just yeah, it's not gonna happen. Can't be done. All right. So we've kind of covered this, but just to make sure everyone is very clear. Um, if pro if calories and protein are equated, what's the question? Can does fat and carbohydrate ratios make a difference? So if, if no protein and calories. Well, the research suggests no. So the research suggests that like you know match protein um, calories. Yep. Then it's like personal preference whether um, the person needs you know sways more towards fat or more towards carbohydrates. Yep. So I guess no. Um, yep. If the person's working out more, in my opinion, you'd want to support that with uh, fuel that you know just gets made into uh, ATP much smoother I guess the easiest way to describe it yeah. um, but in saying that if someone likes to you know have olives and you know nuts and oils and all that jazz then yeah like um, just make sure you get the the calories and the and the protein consistent yeah. and go from there just don't become a zealot about it and start like yeah, change just, your Instagram handle to um, Johnny Keto or something like that yep um, then you'll be fine yeah I uh, think I think there would still have to be support with some Carbohydrates based off the activities without going like too super keto. Um, yeah, we probably should do an anti keto. Um, yeah, but yeah, like you'd still need the support um, if you're doing like vol- vol- voluminous training. Yeah, um, I think like your body can create like 120 grams of glycogen from fat, um, yeah. which would take time too. So yeah. you'd want to make yeah. You, I guess like depending on the training modality, you'd want to have carbs yeah. um, to support it. So the only other thing I would put in there is, is the way the question's asked is if protein and calories were equated. No. Um, I would also add and fat was at baseline. Yeah, so is it, I, does I the just, ra- do ratios matter in relation to fat loss? Is that what they're asking? or Just it, the question was um, written as if calories and protein are equated... Um, he actually the question was actually for Gen Pop but I don't think it actually matters who it's for um, were, is is the ratio of fat to carbohydrates going to make a difference um, my answer is no however I would also add if baseline fats were met 
um, from a hormonal profile standpoint. Over time, you're going to run into some issues if you're not meeting your minimum fat. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you need much anyway, though, for that. So <clears throat> More so for the females, losing menstrual cycles, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I, so I, I think... I don't know how... I think that's still body fat dependent, though. Yep. So it's like, you have less body fat... You it starts are not, to become an issue. Well, you're not you're not suitable you're not suitable to produce reproduce. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, I've still seen high body fat so, girls on low fat diets lose. Yeah, but that's Yeah, but that's not that that's not indicative of the fat that the fat intake that they're having. That's a distortion in the communication within their system because their body's stressed out from something. Does that make yep. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, what about like creation of? Um, testosterone via cholesterol and that kind of stuff so you can so yeah that's that's not a problem but that so my understanding of it is that the create that that is minimal like you need like four grams okay of fat for that. yeah like it's you know we're talking like millimoles of um of a hormone um, fat, so yeah, it's yeah. not we're talking grams here yeah so grams brought down to millimoles um is it's, not a lot um, but in saying that, like you don't want to have no fat at all. So yep. like anything, you want to have somewhere in the middle, um, or maybe not somewhere in the middle. But you know, you get much, you get the gist of it. Yep. It's basically like match calories, match protein, and we're good. All right. So last one was how many calories in a deficit before you start to lose muscle mass? Based on where we've just gone with this conversation, I hope we've already answered that. And the answer being, it's unanswerable. And it depends on your programming. Yep. Are you tracking um, volume? Are you tracking macronutrients? Um, are you tracking performance? Yeah. Are you tracking mood? I would find um, the performance indicator is going to tell you whether or not you're losing muscle mass generally. Yeah. If you're getting weaker week to week, you're starting yeah, to bang. lose muscle mass. I think it's bang on there. For me personally, um, I don't work with people that want to get absolutely shredded a lot um, I've done it a couple of times in the last 12 months but not most of my clients just want to look really good like bikini yeah. shape um, yeah. year round sort of thing so for me if they're starting to lose performance in the gym they're getting more calories so they never get there yeah. into the place where they're starting to lose muscle mass because for long term that makes no sense they're here to get better at most of my clients that are here to get better at being strong and lifting weights um, and looking better. If you're losing muscle mass, are you really looking better? I don't really know. So, yeah. does that answer the question? Um, I think, like, yeah. So I'll, I'll uh, answer the question in Jason, um, to Jason fashion. So you, if you're losing strength chronically over time, you're getting weaker. If you're getting weaker, you're having you have less muscle in your body. Um, yeah. So that's going to be you know the greatest indication of what's going on there. Yeah. If you drop your calories too soon and you meet it with too much. Um, output. Yeah, your body's got to find a substrate from somewhere. It will eventually mobilize, you know, proteins for fuel. Um, you don't want it to do that. That and never want to do want it to do that. So, um, yeah, like, uh, don't put yourself in that situation. Like, adhere to the things we spoke about at the start of the podcast, yeah. and that shouldn't happen. Yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. If you've hit, if you've started with your energy baselines that we talked about, mm. and uh, followed this process. Um, without too much aggression, so you're just using that 10% that we talked about as an yep. aggressive method, not like 50%, then you, you should be an issue, have an issue. Um, I'm pretty sure the person who asked this is a powerlifter, 
So what I'm going to read between the lines is so a suggestion that potentially we're looking for a weight on the scale for a comp and doing yeah. that in a short space of time without losing muscle mass. My advice would be uh, do the comp at wherever you are now. Oh, then, okay, yeah. Like yeah. if you don't like have trying to meet the weight, you're gonna just water yeah. cut, deplete. If you don't have time um, to do this whole process well, just compete and lift as much weight as you possibly can. Then, as soon as you're done with the comp, bring the calories and start all this process. Yeah, and be lighter for the next competition. It's probably not the answer you want to hear. Um, yeah. And if let's let's caveat that again. Um, with the discussion that we actually had a couple of weeks ago that we haven't talked about our own training for a while, I've decided to not worry about trying to stay in the 82.5s. I know for my height, I probably need to be in at least the 90s, if not the 100s. Um, so it's about building size for me at this point. So why sacrifice Was myself? this person asking the question like to try and do it? Like, uh, they wanted to, to lose muscle or they just wanted to drop weight and not lose muscle and they wanted to know how much deficit they could have with the that. way the question's written up there is what I got so I'm okay. not sure but I'm I'm assuming assuming they want to lose muscle which I would be you know bizarre but maybe yeah. some people do it, I, like it would come down to just do less weight training yeah because yeah. then you have less muscle but yeah. anyway um, I, yeah. yeah so yeah if you if uh, so yeah coming back we had a conversation with uh, Will who's going to be on next week um, who was actually here two weeks ago um, about yeah, should should I compete at eighty two or just stay at ninety? Yeah. I'm not going into this competition to win. If yeah. you had money on the line, sponsorship on the line, something I had it all, man. Uh, just throwing it out the window. On the line, and you've decided to um, that you really have to get into this number to to win. Then yeah, cool. Do some some crazy shit to get there. Um, if you're mid pack or below, then like I wouldn't be worrying about it at all. Just go and do your best yep. um, and then worry about it in the next comp yep would be my approach yep that's perfect sweet alright so yeah, good questions great questions you guys thank you very here. much you, um, again I always apologise uh, yeah. sorry I always uh, thank you guys if you're still here yeah. Yeah, at this time so. um, we've actually got Tam's going to himself a new camera that yeah. actually records for 30 minute blocks not yeah, I feel like hours. it makes the conversations longer now because yeah. like, you go, yeah, I got heaps we're of time. like oh we've got to record for three blocks of 20 which now is three blocks of 30 which means yeah. 90 minutes so if you're still around yeah. thanks very much um, so we spoke about earlier so my Instagram handle is at Ben Scott SC um, at Ben Scott on Facebook if you want to add me no one talks to me on Facebook anyway so don't worry about that. Uh, Ben.scott at STC Fit for the email address. Um, at STC Fit Learning for the official podcast page where all the previews will come out yeah. and you'll get notified that the podcast is coming and all the cool little clips. Um, if you're a podcast listener and you heard us say we're in our singlets and you want to see if we even lift, bro, um, you'll see those yeah. on there as well. Uh, Jason is JZ Physiques J- underscore. JG Physiques with an underscore. Yeah. You said Jay-Z. I said JG, I just can't talk. I swear you said Jay-Z. It's been 90 minutes. JG Physiques with underscore or Jason.Galea at stcfit.com. Yep. Hashtag don't eat like an asshole. Yep. And And that's that's kind of all we've got. Yeah, thanks for the questions, guys. Really does, um, you know, kind of direct the second half of the podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, keep them coming. Big Will Crozier. uh, 
Powerlifter extraordinaire who's on the next episode uh, with his lovely partner, Mickey. Mickey, sorry. Um, Which, yeah, it's a really good episode. So we will see you then. Yeah, tune in. Thank you.